0: On this week's episode of Slashers, the boys are talking about another stupid comedy, reason being the world is horrifying enough. Be sure to stay tuned until the end of the episode for a special song from Grim Earth. one doesn't have the other is missing uh not a huge fan how about this one
1: if they each had half a brain together they would still only have half
0: a brain really like that one but the last it's, one it's a little it's a little wordy for me but it gets the point across exactly the last one gives it away so brian oh yeah sorry my name is jake and with me as always my esteemed colleague co-host this is slasher is a podcast about movies and more for those who love horror my name is jake with me as always is my esteemed colleague co-host and, co-host, and co-host, brian say hello to the mutants from the up-
1: What's up, goons? Man, I feel like you can talk like that in your fucking
0: sleep, man. It is ingrained in my DNA at this point. (laughs) Brian, if I were to tell you there was a film where a woman desperately seeking answers about the disappearance of her husband is stalked by two men who ultimately commit acts of arson, animal cruelty, and murder. What movie would you think I was talking about?
1: I definitely wouldn't think it's Dumb and Dumber.
0: But it is! For Harry and Lloyd, (laughs) every day is a no-brainer. That's awesome. For this week, we're doing another April Fool's episode where we're going to be advocating to you how Dumb and Dumber is, in fact, a horror film. So, Brian, shall we get into the trivia for this episode?
1: Yeah, there's quite a bit, surprisingly. It's crazy. Let's get right into it. So I'm just going to kind of jump in here and there as far as different tidbits. No order whatsoever I'm probably going to give away a little bit of the movie here. I'm assuming a lot of people have already seen this movie. It's what, almost 25 years old or some shit. So here we go. The first one I'm going to start out with is if you remember when they're in the car and they have mental and with them and they're both really annoying the shit out of him. And he, and he you have Lloyd and he says, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? And I want to say everybody, not everybody, a good majority of the people within our age group, if you were to start something with saying, do you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world?
0: Everyone would know. Everybody. Immediately.
1: (laughs) And apparently that was totally ad libbed. It's totally ad libbed, And I had no idea. And the note said that you can tell based on Jeff Daniels face. So Lloyd is like, and he screams and then it almost like catches Jeff Daniels off off guard. Oh, and yeah. And then he jumps in and he's like enjoying it. So I thought that was kind of neat.
0: It's amazing. Now, did his scream remind you of Godzilla? The- <laughs> 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 yeah,
1: I can totally see that. And I, I can tell you, I don't know how many parents are probably super fucking pissed at that part of the movie. Oh my God. But could you imagine how many of the kids are just like repeating that over and over again? How many times did you be like, "Mock,
0: yeah, bird. Yeah.
1: Except for the longest time when they had the hitchhikers with them. I always thought that they said sing.
0: I thought so too.
1: Right. And then I had it on old people uh, subtitles and I'm like, oh, they say, see, see, and now uh, now it's great that I have subtitles and it makes sense. So stop making fun of me for having subtitles, motherfuckers.
0: So we'll keep moving along in the trivia because there's a new format to their show where we try to get over with in about an hour or so. So this was the banner year for Jim Carrey. Earlier in the year, he'd had both Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and The Mask come out. Now, here's the crazy thing. All three of these movies got animated series. Ace Ventura had a show that went for three seasons. You had The Mask had a show three seasons. This one is The Underachiever, which only had 13 episodes. It was produced by Hanna-Barbera Cartoons and New Line Television. I watched an episode. It's passable, I guess. The best part was seeing (laughs) Boo Boo from Yogi Bear and Augie Doggie in the background of a scene. But really, the cast of characters for it was fucking great. You had Bill Fagerbakey as Harry Dunn. He was in Gargoyles, All Real Monsters, Jumanji, Spongebob, Wild Thornberrys, Batman Beyond, Transformers from 2007, Brave and the Bold, Young Justice, DuckTales, Woohoo! You had Matt Frewer, who is uh, Lloyd Christmas. You might remember him as Max Butt Fucking Headroom and Russ from Honey I Shrunk the Kids. And last, there was Tom Kenny as Weenie, who obviously was the voice of SpongeBob, Patchy the Pirate, Cosmo from The Fairly Odd Parents, the Penguin and Batman, the Mayor and Powerpuff Girls, and Eduardo from Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Like Jesus Christ, it's crazy that show kind of failed when you think about. Like they had a kind of star-studded cast.
1: I mean, the amount of actors that were ready for some voiceover work is kind of insane, right? Exactly. (laughs) I mean, honestly, if you think about it, if I can show up to work in fucking pajamas and not even have my hair done or my makeup or whatever and and be able to get shit done, and I'm probably downplaying a lot of the work that goes into voiceover work, I'd be all for it.
0: One of my favorite things in the whole world is watching Toast of London because of his voiceover work is the funniest shit ever. Steven, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Clem Vandango. <laughs> if you have no idea what I'm talking about. just I don't. You I have don't. to watch Toast of London. It's so <laughs> fucking funny. It drives me crazy. I just okay. can't speak. I'm so excited. I'm in too deep. Whoa. <laughs> All right.
1: So check this out. In the bar scene in Aspen, the line, no way. That's we great. On the- <laughs> We've
0: landed on the moon.
1: Was not in the script, but made (laughs) up by Jim Carrey on the spot. Which, honestly, anytime you have Jim Carrey ad libbing anything, because right, I think this came out or was right around Ace Ventura, right?
0: Same year. Yeah, that's what I was saying. 1994 had all of them. And what's crazy is he was originally going to be making like, I think it was $700,000 for this movie. Yeah, it was supposed to be 700000 But right when they were going to finish negotiations, Ace Ventura, a pet detective came out and it opened number one in the box office. So they renegotiated and he went from 700000 to $7 million, almost half of the film's budget. That's how crazy Holy 1994 shit. was for this fool.
1: Yeah, dude, that's crazy. How about this one? According to the Fairleigh Brothers, Jeff Daniels wasn't wanted for the film, but Jim Carrey wanted him in it. In order to ensure a no from him,
0: they offered that full 50 grand. And he was like, you know what? I'll take it. And then he ended up making 700 grand because of Jim Carrey. How crazy is that?
1: Dude, that's like an ultimate like pat on the back, right? Like, I got you, bud. Don't exactly. worry about it. Uh, Carrie wanted.
0: Here's how bad the studio didn't want Jeff Daniels. They were like, fuck this guy. So for the whole first week of filming, he didn't have a single scene with Jim Carrey. Reason being they were so convinced they were going to replace him, they didn't want to have to do reshoots with Jim Carrey. Oh, dude, that's awful. Wasn't it said that apparently,
1: like, his agents were like, dude, this is a death sentence. Don't touch this whatsoever. Please
0: God, no. And he's like, (laughs) I'm Stephen Baldwin. I'll
1: take it. Man, that's crazy. What's also nuts. Is like the amount of success that Jim Carrey had, like right around this time. So, when the film went to the top of the box office, it gave Jim Carrey the distinction of being the first actor to have three films go straight to number one in one year. You have The Mask in 94, Ace Ventura Pet Detective in 94, and Dumb and Dumber in 94. Like, how fucking crazy is that? You you have to have, like, the best year ever, right? He's, oh, man, I remember the best years of my life. Actually, just one, 1994. No, well, actually, Liar Liar, kind of, sort of.
0: Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is I always thought this was the most successful of his movies out of that time. Turns out, actually, The Mask made more money at the box office. It was actually the fourth highest earning film of the year. Yeah, to take into account, Dumb and Dumber was obviously the tail end of the year, but also it's PG-13 as opposed to PG, so that was another reason why. Oh, there you go. That makes sense as well. I try. So, I'm sure for all of our horror fans, you're like, why the hell am I listening to these two fools blabber on? It's like listening to Dumb and Dumber on the podcast. (laughs) Jim Carrey stayed in room 217 at (laughs) the infamous...
1: Overlook. Which isn't technically considered yeah, the Overlook.
0: At, at the infamous Stanley Hotel, which was the inspiration for the Overlook, a la Boom. Have you seen the deep fake where they put Jim Carrey's face on Jack Nicholson from The Shining? It's terrifying, and I love it.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've seen that. I think the last deep fake I saw was something to do with Back to the Future. It was something that you sent
0: me. Oh, it was Tom Holland <laughs> and uh, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> you know, I got to say the kid who played Elliot and E.T. and Dr. Sleep playing J- Jack Torrance, not that great. I would much rather have seen if they could afford it. Jim Carrey just taking that role, even if it was just a bit part in that sequel.
1: There you go. The different actors that were apparently supposed to be starred as the main roles. You have Steve Martin and Martin Short. They were trying to have as to play Lloyd. And then you have Nicolas Cage and Gary Oldman. Ooh. Apparently he's supposed to play Harry and subsequently Lloyd as well, which is not. I don't know. I feel like Nick Cage and Gary Oldman doesn't seem like it would sell.
0: Yeah, not at all. But Steve Martin and Martin Short, I think, could do a great job. I mean, if you've seen Clifford, you know, like Martin Short fucking rules. And obviously, if you listen to me speak for more than five seconds, you know I'm a huge fan of Jiminy Glick. So isn't that right?
1: You have their their chemistry from what the fuck was that called? The Padre Amigos? Three Amigos. amigos. Yeah, exactly. When did that come out? That was probably early 90s, late 80s, something like that.
0: Obviously, Brian, it came out (laughs) December 12th, 1986, you fool. Everybody knows that. It was directed by John Landis and had a budget of $25 million. The production company was HBO (laughs) Films. Obviously, I said from memory. (laughs)
1: The only thing I remember from that movie, obviously, other than the the whole little dance where they thrust their crotches in the air, was the the song, My little buttercup has the sweetest. (laughs) so bad. So apparently they also were considering Corey Feldman and Corey
0: Haim. That's a big pass for me, dog.
1: (laughs) I could not imagine that working at all.
0: (laughs) No, thank you. So you know how there was the prequel Dumb and Dumberer and the sequel Dumb and Dumber 2? Two points I wanted to make on that. Dumb and Dumberer, originally Matt and Trey from South Park were going to do it. They had been advanced $1.5 million from New Line. And they're like, you know what? Fuck this. And they gave the money back because it's just, it was sacrilege. It's too difficult to do. And the movie kind of suffered for it. Here's something. I I kind of appreciate them for it. I do. Here's my problem. The sequel. I watched it today. It is not the worst film I've ever seen. I was surprisingly amused at parts. But there's something absolutely fucked that happens in that movie. They shove their hands up their butts. They grab beers. They say, waitress, can we get another one? This smells funky. She gets them more beers. And that's obviously from Ready to Rumble. Here's the weird part. Lloyd Christmas says that he learned from the best and looks up to the sky and says, thanks, mom. Which means, canonically, Lloyd Christmas's mom is a VHS copy of Ready to Rumble. Boom.
1: (laughs) Do we just have like the the three degrees of separation between Dumb and Dumber or Dumb and Dumber 2 and Ready to Rumble? Yep. Idea Uh, theft.
0: (laughs) It's not a victimless crime.
1: So are we getting statistics
0: yes I am on a budget of 17 million dollars it made 247.3 oh, yeah. majillion dollars
1: my god that's amazing like do they even need to work anymore
0: no not at that but what's crazy what blows my mind is that 127 million was all it made in the United States which means it doubled its money almost internationally and I just like I would love to see the French version of this film.
1: Yeah, and then you could imagine Jeff Daniels firing every single one of his agents. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you suck,
0: and you suck. You know, in
1: the in the scene where they're handing off the hundreds of dollars to their go. little their little Here manservants. Okay, I'm done with you. So how much do I owe you? Here okay. you go.
0: Here you go. <laughs> you know what? In fact, here's an IOU. You want to hold on to that one? Yeah, exactly. So the opening weekend was December 16th, 1994. Looking at the competition, you had Trapped in Paradise on the 2nd, Legends of the Fall 16th, Mixed Nuts with Steve Martin came out on the 21st as well as Richie Rich, and here's the biggest competition for this film. On December 23rd, you had Street Fighter the film, the movie, the (laughs) motion picture, the fucking legendary Greek change the Channel. That movie fucking rips so hard. You're you're
1: telling me it's with Jean-Claude Van Damme? And Raoul Julia? Well, I mean, he's the saving grace of the film, honestly.
0: Oh yeah, he's delightful. The guy who plays Zengief is great. Uh, but the best scene in the whole film is when Chun-Li like, pours her heart out to him, talking about how he and his like band of soldiers killed her dead. And he's like, that's the most important thing that's ever happened to you. But to me, it's Tuesday. And I was like... Oh. <laughs> That's the best yeah. power to have over someone is to pick. you know what? You have literally no power over me, Jareth from the Labyrinth, bitch. Uh,
1: here's the thing, though. I feel like I'm leaning more towards Mortal Kombat over Street Fighter as far as the video game
0: movie around this time. No, well, okay. Movie... I can see why. Even as a kid, I knew Street Fighter, the movie was bad.
1: I like how you were like, oh, well, until I said movie. And then
0: you're like, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, I okay, agree I with that." <laughs> For sure. You want to talk video games, you're wrong. Anybody who thinks that Mortal Kombat is a better game than Street Fighter is a putz. Quote me on it. Wow. wow.
1: Honestly, I never played Street Fighter as a kid. So maybe it's just me not being raised in a proper environment.
0: Or it's because you're a putz. Boom. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was me. I take it back.
1: Ouch. Don't give
0: me a fatality dog or a babality (laughs) dog or a bestiality dog.
1: (laughs) How dare you? So the runtime is (laughs) 106 minutes.
0: It's great. What do you think? It's awesome. I think, you know, you could probably cut a little bit of it, but I love the pacing of it. Like I watched it last night and I was convinced I'm going to watch half of it, go to sleep and watch the other half tomorrow. No, dude, I stayed up till almost midnight watching this movie. And for a father of a newly crowned two year old, that's uh, saying something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like none of this movie really stalled at all every once in a while you get these like in between scenes where it comes to like the police chief i guess talking to his detectives and one of them randomly looks like he could be a model yeah dude with his stupid fucking hair and you're like okay i don't need to see any of this you're really ex- you're explaining that they didn't go one way when they should be going to another way yeah just get rid of those and you'll be in the golden like 95 minute range and we're all the better for it
0: funny you mentioned that there was even a second subplot, which is going to be about Mary's husband and him being like shipped in a crate and everything, but they cut that. So thank you. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Wow. That's interesting. I mean, that's like what you're talking 120, 130 minutes. Fuck, man. That's just way too long.
0: Yeah. Unless it's based on a novella, not gonna work.
1: (laughs) Unless it's like a Lord of the Rings film. I don't fucking care. Yeah.
0: One quick shout out. You had mentioned the detectives. You have to appreciate Felton Perry. He's the African American detective. Reason being, he is in Robocop. He's the taste like baby food guy. <laughs> I will bring up like the that. movies I love every episode. I will always mention Monster Squad. I will always mention Robocop. That's part, that's who I am, damn it.
1: Is there any way we can include Monster Squad in this? I mean, you could just say Monster Squad a couple times and. We'll just get over.
0: If I say Monster Squad in the mirror five times, will the kids (laughs) show up in my bathroom behind me? (laughs) Then I have to explain to my wife why there's a bunch of children in my bathroom. So let's skip that. No. That's
1: not going to be good. (laughs) So it was written by the Fairley Brothers. Yeah, Peter and Bobby. Uh, The Fairley Brothers' first movie was Dust to Dust that told the story of two idiot friends who worked at a funeral parlor. They sold the script, but eh, it was never made.
0: Isn't that a bummer? And apparently womp, womp. when it came to this movie, uh, allegedly there was a draft that was written by John Hughes, you know, the John Hughes. Oh, you mean the guy that did like Breakfast Club and
1: all Home those Alone? fucking pretty and pink and fucking 16 candles
0: and any
1: other bullshit shit that came out in the 80s?
0: Yep. So Hero 1, this is confirmed by Kurt Honeycutt. And when he sent the incomplete draft and he sold it to the Fairley Brothers, but they had to remove his name from it. Then they had Bennett Yellen, who had also had wrote one episode of the cartoon and Dumb and Dumber 2 and Stuck on You and Joyride 2. So you could tell where his career's at. Allegedly, his first draft of the script was so disjointed and terrible that they had to peddle the film under different names later on. There was one about like power tools or whatever. But the reason being it had such a negative reputation. They tried to sell this movie for seven years. Yeah.
1: That's so crazy to think about how hard these guys are trying to get this movie sold. And then after the fact, thinking about how much commercial success they had.
0: It's insane.
1: (laughs) Imagine like what the original number was as far as like them peddling this. And then like the executives on the table writing a number on like a little pad and then passing it back and being like we will pay you this and they're like hot <laughs> dog
0: you'll give us actual currency let's do it <laughs> then years later like wait a second <laughs> <laughs> we got burned produced by three gentlemen charles b wessler who also be producing there's something about mary
1: yeah then you also have brad Crevoy. So apparently, this guy's a bigwig, right? Kavoy has been directly involved in development, finance, production, acquisition, and distribution of more than 100 motion picture and television projects. He is the founder and chairman slash CEO of the Motion Picture Corporation of America.
0: And you got to love a guy. He also worked on Beverly Hills Ninja which is amazing, and Kingpin, which is also super good. If you've never seen Kingpin, it is the biggest financial flop the Fairly Brothers ever did. I think it made like $2 million at the box office, but after you factor in like marketing budget, it lost money. That movie is so good. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's like one of... Bill Murray's more
1: underappreciated film. It's so
0: good. He's such a piece of shit. I love it.
1: He is such a dickhead, right? And you're like rooting for Woody Harrelson like the entire time. Hell and you're yeah. like, oh, dude, this isn't going to go well.
0: <laughs> remember at that time he was just the kid who was on Cheers and now he's right. Woody butt fucking Harrelson.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like maybe was White Man Can't Jump. Was that around this time? I don't know. It was a little sure. bit before,
0: but yeah, I mean, that same era.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't really have a lot going on. And yeah, it was really crazy, right? And then you also had like the random roles thrown in between with uh, the guy from Vegas Vacation. Randy Quaid. Yes. Randy Quaid is like the weird Amish dude. I'm back. (laughs) Yeah.
0: The dude from Independence Day who flies his jet up the alien's butthole.
1: Every time you had Bill Murray on... And his hair was just so so bad. And you were just like, I just, I want to reach the screen and like pat it down and be like, okay, everything's fine. But like every scene just got
0: worse and worse. His head looks like if you only shaved one of your nads and you had something happen and you had to like jump out (laughs) of the shower and then you like had hair on one. You just like kind of like slicked it over the other one. That's what his head looks like in the movie.
1: I feel like every once in a while you get one of those stray hairs that pokes out of the front of your face. Oh, right? yeah. That a just like crazy one. old, that old man hair yep. that sticks out of nowhere. Like, that was his hair, like his thing. entire hair.
0: <laughs> also produced by Steve Stabler. That's a horror movie name if I've ever heard it. Uh, he did Kingpin as well, Beverly Hills Ninja as well, and Biodome. Dome. <laughs> the music, we have to talk about this. This is hugely important to me. The music was by Todd Rundgren, who you will recall feuded with John Lennon. He even wrote songs about how he thought Jen, John Lennon was a prick. Mark David Chapman, who ultimately assassinated John Lennon, was an avid fan of Todd Rundgren. So oh no.
1: That's in the backdrop oh no. of my
0: mind when I watch this movie now.
1: That's awkward.
0: But the music's oh, really dude. good. Like it's super soothing.
1: I feel like anybody who is just outwardly opposing any of the Beatles, you're just you're not gonna win a lot of fanfare.
0: Yeah, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's something just majority of the population is here and then you're just over here so i mean i get it everybody should be their own person and you can like or dislike whatever you want but
0: eh, it's one of those kind of like john Lennon, huh? things you know or it's like hot take the beatles aren't that great and it's like hot take nobody gives a fuck what you think donna <laughs> or karen yeah, exactly why don't you go talk to the beatles manager Betch? shall we get into right. nicknames names. nicknames nicknames nicknames
1: are we getting a little overboard with the whole thing? We Maybe we should just call it nicknames.
0: <laughs> 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 nicknames, nicknames, oh, nicknames, nicknames,
1: That's basically, you know, our generation right there. So I like that. Let's go with that. You just have to sing it every single week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jimothy Jim Bob Majimbo Jimmy Carey as Lloyd Christmas. Now, I think this is kind of common knowledge. Jim Carey chipped a tooth when he was a kid. Allegedly, it was in a fight and he removed his cap from his tooth to film this film. How crazy is that?
1: Greatest decision he ever made in his life. It's because so it sold good. the film. Yeah. It's I didn't sell the film. It sold the character, yeah. right? When you see him and you have image in your mind of Lloyd Christmas, there's two things that come to mind. Pumpkin pie, haircutted
0: freak, bowl-cut. Yeah. <laughs> and this shift tooth, right? When he has his head through the, mirror, the window, yeah. Fucking hand-in-hand, hand, you know? It's insane. He's so uniquely himself in it. And I remember being a kid and being like, "How? Like, what's the movie magic? How did they pull that off?" And then you're like, "Oh no, he just actually didn't have a chunk of tooth." (laughs) Like, what the fuck? It's so good. It's so good. And honestly, I
1: wouldn't put it past the Fairly Brothers to include somehow how he got the chip tooth. Like as a kid, you know, like a little flashback. I
0: think it's a number number two, isn't it? Or dumb and number.
1: I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's so iconic, though, that they have to include it in the subsequent films, right?
0: Yeah, you're totally right. It's part of the character. Like he has bangs and a chipped tooth. Harry has frizzy hair and a butt crack. I mean, that's what you think. Of. Oh, <laughs> and a cardigan. That's. One of my favorite jokes of all time.
1: And when he has explosive diarrhea, his legs shoot out. (gasps) (laughs) It's so good. I laughed like a little fucking kid when I watched that today. And Michelle looked at me like with such disgust. She's like, Really, fart jokes and pooping pants and all that stuff still get you, huh? I'm like, It always will. It always will. It's like coming home. It really is. Do you have anything for him? Honestly, I was just going to call him Chip. It sounds really kind of yeah uh, you know it's not hard to come from because obviously as a chip tooth.
0: oh that's great i think that's awesome and speaking of chips let's talk about microchips did you know jim carrey's favorite film of all time it's the computer wore tennis shoes which stars kurt russell and caesar romero in a walt disney movie about a robot boy what <laughs> <laughs> never heard of that yep a computer's brain fuses with him and it's awesome and terrible and let me see if it's on Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. Go watch it. Wow. I'm going to have to steal that shit whenever I... Do the Mandalorian, finally?
1: Whenever whenever I don't steal, kind of steal your login. We don't do
0: that. <laughs> you want to feel super old? <laughs> Jim Carrey's a grandpa now. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, his daughter, Jane Carrey, is actually a musician. She did work on his show, Kidding, and then he, she also did Dumb and Dumber too. So... Pretty cool, nepotism working out in a way that doesn't offend me. How about that? One of the first films I feel like I saw
1: Jim Carrey in, and I don't know if this was the first film he was ever in, but once bitten, oh hell yes, right? When so he has good. Sex,
0: oh it's so good.
1: It's so good, and it, dude, just imagining him as like a fresh-faced, baby-skinned little boy, right? I mean, he couldn't have been more than. 24 25 at the time yeah it's crazy kind of crazy it's kind of crazy it was a great film actually
0: so then we have jeff Daniels' harry dunn crazy we've already talked about how hard it was for him to get the role in the first place but i have to talk about this he once ran into clint eastwood while playing golf clint eastwood is a big fan of this film and actually told jeff daniels that he had a similar situation when he uh, was on a date one time later In 2002, he would be in a movie called Bloodwork with Clint Eastwood, and that movie fucking rips. I love that movie.
1: Oh, Dude, that's awesome. I
0: mean, honestly,
1: who'd have thought Clint Eastwood would be a fan of this film?
0: I will give you
1: a million dollars if you can think of a comedy that Clint Eastwood is like
0: really a fan of. There would be no way.
1: (laughs) There would be no way. I want a million dollars. No
0: way. No fucking way. A fun fact in 1982, Jeff Daniels was in a Pepto Bismol commercial, which is pretty great when you consider how he spends his night of leisure with Mary Swanson.
1: Yeah, that's that's not good, man. You know, you go on. Well, you don't because you don't really have Facebook because you're like so fucking cool. But anyways, they have the media little advertisements that like based on your like preference, because everything's collecting data off of shit that you like, Uh even though you don't agree to it. And I'll get his like fun photo of Harry on the shitter with his legs splayed out. And they're like, "Wouldn't this be great to like hang in your bathroom wall?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I think so." And I point to Michelle and she's like, "No, I don't think so." I'm like, "Oh, okay. not oh. happening." Fuck with. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it'd be a great idea.
0: I love it. I think you definitely should. You know what you need to do though? <laughs> Just build your own goddamn bathroom.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that leads to a slippery slope of Brian having a man cave. And never coming out and saying hello to Michelle anymore. So we're not going to go down that road, at least not
0: yet. Not yet. Exactly. There's plenty of time to be unhappily married. (laughs) Let's just talk to Al Bundy. (laughs) Right. In an interview, Jeff Daniels is very candid about the difference between he and Jim Carrey in their careers. He even said, quote, I was Mr. Drama and he was he was Jim. And I think that's very eloquent because it's, I mean, Jim Carrey is a fucking force of nature at that point, right? And then here, you know, Jeff Daniels thinks of himself as something of a thespian. So it's pretty great the way that worked out.
1: Yeah, I feel like Jeff almost seemed like he just didn't need any of the limelight. And obviously with Jim Carrey, he's the center of attention and their chemistry just totally worked, right?
0: Yeah, it's You know, it's not just Abbott and Costello. It's not just the comedic guy and the straight man. I mean, it's a really good give and take. And I think that's amazing that he could get that kind of respect from Jim Carrey. It's amazing to me to see this kind of a buddy film. I would make me wish that there was a buddy cop element to it because it'd be like the best buddy cop film that comes to mind. Maybe 48 Hours because I just like that movie. But, you know, whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think uh, wasn't Jeff Daniels also in Speed? Yes, he was. I feel like he was. He was like the partner, right? And then he ends up getting killed. And I remember specifically as a kid watching this and thinking, obviously, it's really cool because it's got Keanu in it. And It's like Keanu Reeves. But also Jeff Daniels. And you're like, well, I grew up watching him in Dumb and Dumber. And he's cool because he's like a fucking sweet ass like partner in this shit. And then he gets killed. And I sincerely feel bad about it. I was like, yeah, oh God, I kind of want to cry a little bit.
0: <laughs> Isn't his hair hilarious in that film? Because you just like expect hairy hair where it's just frizzy and all that. And it's like combed <laughs> For over. the longest perfect.
1: time, he needed hairy hair, which sounds weird if you're not, you have no idea what we're talking about. Like when you say hairy hair, you're like, yeah, because hair is hairy, right? <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah.
0: Apparently the way they got it was just they had him shampoo his hair and never comb it and never condition it. And it just naturally frizzed out like that.
1: I mean, honestly, I can do that just by waking up, you know, the whole like, oh, I have bed hair and I look like a model. Uh, that's never a thing, right?
0: <laughs> Brian's like, I look like a model and I have bed hair. Hoo, hoo. That's what you just said about yourself. That's
1: you never fancy. how that works. I look like Harry, basically, in this <laughs> film. So it's far from it. Do you have anything for him? Oh, goodness.
0: Poopy pants. Oh, x <laughs>
1: There you go. Smooth we'll call move X Lex. X to the Z. Exhibit. No, we'll call him X <laughs> I like it.
0: <laughs> when it comes to them getting Sea Bass to pay their tab, that's actually in another film that Jeff Daniels did. In the movie Something Wild, he basically pulls off the exact same scheme, and that's independent. It's not like they crowbarred that in afterwards. That was in the movie, and then Jeff Daniels is in it, and they kept it. But like how funny is it that you're, like you're parroting somebody? They're like, oh, I'll do that. Reminds me of when that guy <laughs> Billy Bob from uh, Varsity Blues was in Not Another Teen movie because they couldn't find another guy to parody himself.
1: Oh, dude. It's like they're almost just like typecasting the fat, funny guy, and you're like, uh. I, I mean, it's a paycheck, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm mad at it. <laughs> so next you have Lauren Holly as Mary Swanson. Now, I just want to go right off the bat and say, <laughs> when I rewatched this today, I was like, okay, I have a perfect name for her. And Maybe it's just me because I don't have an obsession over redheads like mm-hmm. a certain co-host, but I was like not the mom from Home Alone. <laughs> Catherine O'Hare? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, maybe it's her when she's younger and, and
0: Sorry, a little O'Hare, more uh,
1: athletic, but I mean... Like, timeline-wise, it doesn't make sense. They just look familiar, or they look similar, I should say.
0: I ain't mad at that. I actually don't think that's a terrible thing to say. I, I, people don't give Catherine O'Hara enough credit. Like, dude, she's probably Alone, my celebrity Beetlejuice. Hall She was in Beetlejuice. She was in a few other
1: things. I'm sure you can probably regale. Yeah.
0: I gave myself carpal tunnel syndrome watching Beetlejuice. <laughs> that. But... As far as what you're going to call, I think that calling her Catherine O'Hare is fine. (laughs) I like it. I was going
1: to say not Catherine O'Hare, but yeah, we can just call her Catherine O'Hare. I like it. So apparently she was married to Jim Carrey right after this film
0: That lasted like one year. How sad is that shit?
1: Which is kind of funny when you think about like, Usually when it comes to these like on screen romances, they're actually on screen romances that lead to off screen romances. But here's the case where you have her just completely being like, no, I don't want anything to do with you. And hey, let's give it a shot.
0: Right? I wonder if like news, head- I should have looked at this up, but I wonder if news headlines when they got married are like that one in a million chance.
1: Oh, God, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: So she actually turned down an opportunity to be an Ace Ventura pet detective. And then because Jim Carrey turned out three of the most amazing films of all time in that same year, she actually got to be with him in this film, which is just crazy happenstance. So
1: here's the thing you got to think about. I don't want to be in this film with Jim Carrey maybe after the second movie. Okay, I kind of have an idea where he's a little (laughs) bit of like a successful actor. And then the third time she's like, okay, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. And then she's like looking at the box office. I don't want to call her a gold digger. But she ain't looking at no (laughs) broke. Yikes. Hey. By the time the third film rolls around in this, what, 94? You can imagine she's just like, well. I don't know. This whole
0: marriage thing sounds pretty good. Hey there, Jimbo. (laughs) Looking a little heavy in the bulge in the pocket.
1: (laughs) Now, I'm not implying that she was just strictly after money, but they did give it a shot and well,
0: it failed. Yeah, because she's like, you mean your 1995 film career wasn't as good as your 1994 film career, which has been unparalleled? Fuck off. (laughs) You had Mike Starr play Joe Mental Mentalino. Great horror trivia here. His brother is Bo Star, who you remember played Sheriff Meeker in Halloween 4 and 5.
1: Awesome. That's so random, but I like it. Yeah. For some reason, I was like, wait, why are they calling this guy mental? That's really sad. Does he have something
0: going on? <laughs> right. <laughs> I wanted to call him for his nickname. <laughs> I'm a gas man. Oh, there you go. I like it. I
1: like it. We'll call him gas man. You have Charles Rocket as Nicholas Andre. Um, He was in it for like a whole, what, 10 minutes? Yeah, maybe?
0: he's just I don't a got
1: anything for him. Nah. Yeah, yeah. Nothing there.
0: Moving on. Cam Neely is Seabass. Cam Neely was an NHL player from 1983 to 1996. He started his first three seasons with the Vancouver Canucks before becoming a Boston Bruin who ultimately retired his number eight because he was so iconic. This is Cam Neely town. He had 14 career hat tricks and is one of only four players in NHL history to record 50 goals in fewer than 50 games. So basically, dude, that means stud. that's fucking crazy. It means you have to be on point. Could you imagine? That's absolutely insane. That dude fucking rips, and he's funny as shit in this movie. Okay, so I
1: got a question for you. Yeah, Bob. Why did he not have hockey hair in this
0: film? It's weird, right? <laughs>
1: Right? I mean, oh, so so you're at redneck. You have the trucker hat, but you don't have a mullet. It's so weird. And you are a fucking amazing hockey player.
0: And he played two seasons after this. Like, what the <laughs> fuck?
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Is, I mean, honestly, I just want to call him Stud Muffin.
0: I'm a little disappointed, though. I gotta say, there is a post credit scene in Dumb and Dumber 2 that does feature him, but You know, it deserves to be more in the film. But basically, they're drinking shakes on a Zamboni as they're driving down the road. And Harry is like, oh, those idiots. I ordered a chocolate shake and they gave me a vanilla. And then Jeff Daniels is like, oh, those idiots. They gave me a vanilla shake and I ordered chocolate. And so they both just chuck them and they hit a big rig and it's Cam Neely driving it. And his ah. guy's like, kick his ass, mass. And it says that dumb and dumber four spelled F O R is coming summer 2034. And I was like, I'm kind of into it. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> That's so
1: good. That's so good. Honestly, his role in this film as minor as it is, is one of the lasting things that comes to mind when it comes to this film. It's another true. one of those random things that has nothing really to do with the actual storyline, but it just stuck, right? Exactly.
0: You had Lynn Shay as Miss Margie Nugaborn, who i just going to mention her because she's great in something about Mary and Kingpin, and when he calls her Noogie Burger is just delightful. Oh, dude. I wasn't sure if at any time... It was her
1: that was making the dog sounds or it was the actual dogs <laughs> whimpering, right? So that's not just me, right? Because he opens the doors and she's just like, ah, ah, ah. and you're like, uh, is that a dog or is that her? I mean, she might just be mimicking the dogs. I mean, there are some crazy dog lovers, but.
0: 100%. Uh, the last two people I wanted to talk about was Brady Bloom as Billy the Blind Kid also makes a comeback in the sequel which pretty is delightful.
1: Bird, pretty bird. I'd call him pretty bird
0: exactly <laughs> but I feel like he deserves credit because he does such a good job and Rob Moran as the bartender and you'll you probably going like why would you mention the bartender because he's also in something about Mary Shallow Hal and Hall Pass and he's the villain in Kingpin uh, and for our horror fans he played Paul in Your Next.
1: Yeah. For being like a side character in a film, the guy's been in a lot of shit. Yeah. and He's been like major roles. So I think it's kind of cool. I think honestly, it just seems like it's like the Fairley brothers. were just like, yeah, Hey, I have an extra part is let's just go down the list of people that we know and see who, uh, who bites.
0: Yeah. The, the comedy Tarantino syndrome. I will make a point to say that Rob Moran also played bartender in another movie in 1994, which was The Cowboy Way. So he went back to the well of bartending twice in one calendar year. Amazing.
1: Yeah, not bad. Not so
0: bad. We're going to blitzkrieg through this movie because everybody knows it. We're just going to talk about the part. It's going to be hard. I'm going to tell you right now because there's so many parts. I could quote this movie verbatim. As I'm watching it, it's one of those few movies where I'm like, oh, I know everything's going to happen and I still laugh and it's great.
1: Yeah, I shit you not. I feel like two or three times within this film, as far as rewatching is concerned, I would say something two or three seconds before it happened and Michelle would look at me and be like, Honestly, how many times have you watched this? Like, too many
0: times for you to admit. <laughs> I can. I've seen this movie more times than Harry and Lloyd can count to. So that yeah, tells you. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> so we got to start off with the opening with uh, lovely accent, New Jersey. <laughs> she says yeah, Austria.
1: So good. Did I might throw another
0: shrimp on the Bobby?
1: Throw another shrimp on the Bobby? Let's not.
0: It's so good. Straight from that into the misspelled credits. And I'm like, ah, oh, just feels like home you know like yeah absolutely i felt as sentimental watching this as a bunch of nerds who were like han solo studies home on the millennium falcon chewy <laughs> <laughs> that's me with this movie i'm like ah, oh, it just feels right you know
1: okay so so here's the thing i feel like maybe it's just like the fun quirky comedies that we've been doing lately but was the intro song not included in another movie the, oh, it was in the past for sure up why not to go down? Da, 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 da. Right? Yeah. That whole thing. It sounds super
0: familiar. It's in the best. Okay. Yeah. Let's just making sure. <laughs> that song was used quite a bit in the 90s. For sure.
1: So it starts out right where you have Lloyd and he acts like he's the like wealthy to do person in the limo, but he's actually the limo driver and he's going to pick up a girl and you find out that it's the most beautiful woman that he's ever laid his eyes on. And I feel like Jake probably agree on that one, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I wanted to <laughs> eat, eat that honey with some fava beans and a nice key hanty. That's it. That's it. Also, this movie to Silence of the Lambs has to be noted. That's true. That's another little segue into horror.
1: But one of the funny things that I remember distinctly about this is when he's driving her from wherever he picks her up to the airport and he, he senses that she's like really scared. <laughs> he turns around and he's <sighs> like, well, you have nothing to worry about. Cause I honestly, this cousin a lo- well,
0: I had this cousin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people actually get killed on the way to the airport instead of flying. <laughs> and the, oh my God. It's so good.
0: <laughs> I got worms. Like this movie is so quotable and delightful. I'm sorry. <laughs> the worm <Right>? farm. <laughs> And what's crazy, you could tell this is the 90s and not the 2020s, because if you had an Uber driver who was telling you about his worm farm, he'd be talking about it like it was some like kitschy new startup and he'd be looking at you as an investor.
1: (laughs) It's totally true. So he drops her off, right? And, you know, it's so great how he's he's driving past. And he sees her and he's like, goodbye, my love. love.
0: Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks over and sees him with the airbag deployed. He's like, hi.
1: <laughs> so here's the thing, right? If the airbag really came out like that, I'd be like, oh, dude, I'm totally cool if an airbag explodes like that. No, no, no. They take out your face. They break your fucking nose. Like there's blood everywhere. The way they make it seem in this film seems like it's like a giant piece of bubble gum.
0: Super funny. So he sees that she leaves her bag, but she's doing it as ransom money. And he runs in, swipes in, takes the money and chases her through the jetway. He's going through the causeway. And it's I like, Dude,
1: do you recall the song or like not the song, but like the music, like while it's happening, it's like... Oh, yeah. Do, 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 do. It's like
0: it almost seems like it's like the cartoon, right? Yeah. Like a <laughs> bit of you know, the man from Uncle kind of thing. And so... Sir, you can't go in there. It's okay. I'm a limo driver. And he (laughs) runs off. And what's great is when he gets home to Harry, he says that he fell off the jetway again and talks about like leaving the scene. So this has happened more than once. So I that's what the prequel (laughs) should have been. Should have been the exact same movie, but you just change Mary's name. And that would have been perfect.
1: And what's so beautiful about this too is it's it's simultaneously having both this happen to Lloyd and another thing happened to Harry at the same time, right? So it's not like it needs one thing to explain, okay, this is what's happening with somebody's situation, and then this is what's happening with somebody else's. Like, we're going to get rid of this whole storyline at the same time. And that's that's what's so beautiful about it. It just kind of just proceeds into the next thing. So you have Harry and he's transporting the dogs. You find out he has a fucking creepy ass pedo van that he turned into a shagging wagon and he's delivering dogs. The dogs end up covered in a bunch of like mustard and ketchup and he loses his job. Lloyd loses his job because apparently you can't leave the crime or leave the crime scene of an accident. (laughs) <laughs> Which I think is really great. And what's really funny is if you recall when they're talking about like their day after the fact, you have Lloyd explaining everything and how he lost his job. and then Harry's like, Well, I lost my job too. And then Lloyd proceeds to say, You're one pathetic
0: loser, mm-hmm, right? <laughs> it's so funny. And so that draws a lot of comparisons that we talked about before with the movie stir crazy from 1980 where it's two guys who get fired from the same, the shitty jobs in the same day they both move west at this you know at the same time and they do a road trip in a van and they run into hillbilly locals so you know it's i don't think that it's as bad as everybody's saying it is i mean the whole their the concept of going west is like a time-honored tradition and it's the magna carta for fuck's sake but it just has to be noted so you have the two people that are originally going to pick up the suitcase, right?
1: They find out where they live, and they're you know checking out the place, and they, you see Lloyd and Harry, and they're looking through the door, and they're like, "What the fuck? There's random people, and they have a gun." I think that's so great how they're like, "Did you pay the gas?"
0: Right. First thing that comes to their mind is like a meter maid. <laughs>
1: It's so good. And they're like, dude, we got to fucking blow this joint. So they leave and they're like, okay, well, you know what? Where do we need to go? And, you know, they go off somewhere and they're trying to find supplies because they're like, we have to kind of like skip, skip bail essentially. And he goes out and he buys a bunch of random shit. When they come back, Lloyd finds Harry and he's all morose. And he's like, dude, why are you so sad? <laughs> he's like, oh, well. It's Petey. What what happened to Petey? He his died. Fell off. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good, right? He's well, such an he idiot. Die. He thinks that
0: it's like totally possible that you know his head just fell <laughs> it's off. You so know? good. Came to that it's part so of the life good. cycle where the bird's head just falls off, and then of course that bird ends up in the hands of a blind boy. <laughs> so he's like you know hey let's go where the the beer
1: flows like wine and the women flock like the salmon, salmon of, of San, capistrano, San capistrano. <laughs> and he's like i'm talking about aspen he's like i don't know the french are a bunch of assholes so good <laughs> so good so you know they they take off and they go over to aspen and it's great because on the way there, they come across like sea bass and like the rednecks, and they're like, Oh, excuse me, Flo? <laughs> and
0: <laughs> what's the soup du jour? And so Harry spills the salt, and so they throw it over their shoulder for good luck. It beans sea bass. Who's a dead man? Who just hit me with this salt shaker. He spits in Harry's burger and intimidates them.
1: They're like driving, right? And and Lloyd's apparently has to take a piss. Oh, and so good. he's like, well, I kind of don't want to stop after you just like totally took advantage of all those crazy rednecks. So piss in this beer bottle. So I can't stop when like, I
0: started. It stings.
1: <laughs> he pisses in like five beer bottles. And then you have the guy from Rocketman. What's his
0: name? Harlan Williams.
1: Harlan Williams. There and you suck
0: sucking a little bit of grandpa's cough medicine, have you? That's so good, dude. You'll keep your mouth shut if you know what's good for you, buddy he's like pull over
1: oh it's <laughs> a cardigan <laughs> <Thanks for laughs> an and then it. he takes a drink and he's like it's funny right before he did that i was like <coughs> michelle's like do you have like a tick going on like what's going on and then he does it and she's like you're fucking ridiculous
0: <laughs> we are man children if you haven't learned this about our show by now like you need to move right? on
1: and then, all okay, I just have to throw in my favorite quote from the movie that I still use to this day when it comes to, like, when I start work and there's a bunch of guys just, like, communing around each other. <laughs> oh, you've said it I to me about up,
0: a thousand times.
1: I walk up and I, like, have my hands on my hips. And I lean forward and I go, big gulp, huh? Well, see you later. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's so good.
0: So they keep driving. They end up at this gas station. Uh, Harry's filling up the car Lloyd ends up taking a piss he finds out that he's in a stall where it implies that Seabass is there to get his dick sucked (laughs) in a glory hole. and he's. Hey, I didn't
1: see a hole in the fucking stall. He's going to make
0: one with his rock-hard Cam Neely cack. (laughs) He's about to murderize Lloyd. Harry accidentally sets himself on fire and comes charging in, barrels through and puts his foot in the pisser and realizes, like, oh, I just saved Lloyd's life as Lloyd's sitting there sucking his thumb. And I remember being as a kid, like, oh... This is darker than I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
1: Can we talk about how he goes up to the girl and tries to be suave? Just give me the damn number! (laughs) He's like, are those your skis?
0: (laughs) Both of them? Right. So bad. So they start driving. (laughs) Lloyd, you know, he falls asleep at the wheel and... That's when he has the dream where he rips the guy's heart out with a doggy bag. With the uh, "Do you love me?" and she says no. But well, that's a real nice ski mask. Iconic. They realize they've gone hundreds of miles in the wrong direction because he almost crashed.
1: A couple hundred miles to like fucking like the Dakotas or some shit.
0: That John Denver is full of shit, man. <laughs> so the van breaks down and Harry just starts trekking it. And then all of a sudden he sees a, one Mr. Jim Carrey on a Taco 22 mini bike. I actually looked it up and he pulls up and he's like, oh, yeah, I can get 70 miles to the gallon on this hog. And <laughs> there's the famous, you know, you do something like this and totally redeem yourself. You'll remember oh, so good. that Harry spent his life savings changing his van into a, a shaggin wagon.
1: Right. And then he traded away for a fucking little little mini bike. That's pretty good. So they make it they make it to Colorado, right? And you have them freezing your ass off on the way there.
0: And freezing their asses together with the piss stream.
1: Right. Another memorable line is where he says, Hey, I have to go pee. And he's like,
0: Just go, man. <laughs> I think that's like our level of friendship right there. Like if he peed in my butt crack, that eh, wouldn't be the worst thing. <laughs> It's so great, too, because it's,
1: they didn't just leave it at that. He, afterwards, he's like, oh, it's so warm. So gnarly. It's just for that like visualization, right? They get into Colorado, and the first thing you see is them walking down the street, and they turn around, and they go, wow, look at the ass on that thing. Yeah.
0: He must, he must work, work out.
1: <laughs> and that's like the little kid humor that oh, I yeah. just thought was fucking amazing, right?
0: It's awesome. And so... They look for Mary and they can't find her. So they're just sitting in like a frozen park at night and Perry and Lloyd are there. <laughs> and Harry's like, Oh, my hands are so fucking cold. That's so good. And so Lloyd's like, Well, here, take this extra pair of gloves I have. And that my hands prom- are starting to sweat. <laughs> that prompts Harry to try to murder. Lloyd, And in doing so, they crack open the briefcase and find out that it's full of money. So then they go on a spending spree getting the presidential suite. They buy a Lamborghini Diablo. They buy a bunch <laughs> of ridiculous clothing. <laughs> it's awesome. They
1: use they use hundred dollar bills as like tissue yes. as they're watching you pack. Was it Pac Bell commercial? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which well, so I remember good. on The Office when there, Pam has her like pregnancy cry over the bank commercial with the dog. I was like, ah, Dumb and Dumber did it. Sorry.
1: <laughs> so they find out that Mary's last name is Swanson. And they, Swimmy, they also swim. find out Silly Sally Slappy Samsonite. Samsonite. <laughs> so they find out that she's hosting a gala for like some birds so they end up having this like little montage where you have uh, lloyd trying on these different outfits cinderella and course, himself right and of course they have like the most obnoxious outfit ever that as a kid when i was watching it was like sign me up right Yeah, dude
0: he looks like a goddamn creamsicle and i love it
1: So they show up to the gala and they're sitting there throwing their vibes out there and you have Harry go up to Sally because Lloyd's too scared and he's just like, hey, what's going on? I want to introduce you to my friend. And her mom shows up and she's like, hey, she hasn't been hanging out with anybody lately because she's so sad about her husband. Why don't you go on a few dates with her? And he's like, sure, why not? And meanwhile, he lies to Lloyd and says, hey, I got you a fucking date with her. I'm going to have her show up to the bar and you guys will hit it off. And right after the whole gala ends, one of the best parts of this is <laughs> where you have, what was it, Lloyd or Harry? One of them. It's Lloyd,
0: because he's so excited, he pops the cork on the He pops champagne. the cork,
1: yeah. So he pops the cork on the champagne and totally fucking myrtleizes a bird.
0: As a vegan, I still had to laugh.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially right after the fact where they go up and he says, nice set of Hooters you got there. Right. <laughs>
0: And so they have the sequence where it's Lloyd sitting in the bar and he's been completely annoyed. And then you have the Harry at the slopes with Mary and you can see he's kind of falling for her and it's just oh, a bad dude, situation. The whole,
1: the whole carrot and charcoal is <laughs> so good. Yes. It's <laughs> so silly, right? It's like you're like, okay, I know what he's going to do with those. They're not going to be two eyes and a nose, but I'm going to laugh my ass off anyways. <laughs>
0: And so from there, you know... This is what prompts Lloyd to do the cackling like the evil witch of the West because uh, he discovers the situation, the surreptitious nature of his best friend, and he muralaxes his tea as he toasts him. Uh, Good luck. And wha- Harry spends the night on the john Well, Lloyd comes in to save Mary. Oh, I have your briefcase. Why don't you come with me? We'll go get it. And because she's so desperate to get it back, she just leaves Harry on the toilet. <laughs> That's so bad. But at the
1: same time, I mean, honestly, if I was in Harry, situation i'm like oh my god
0: thank you so much yeah,
1: right. As I'm like trying to unbolt the toilet and throw it out the window. <laughs> As Of course,
0: that's Murphy's Law though. That's like my kind of luck where it's like, oh, of course I take the nastiest dump on the broken toilet.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's always the fear of mine and it's like this unrational fear I feel like of like any time growing up when I'd have these like family gatherings and I'd be at like so-and-so's house and there'd be like a Christmas party and I'm just like going to town on some beans or something. And I'm just (laughs) like, Oh God. (laughs) Yeah. Never ended. Well,
0: so he takes her back to the hotel and then they get chased down by Mr. Bad guy, the prick. And you find out that Harry gets stopped on his way up to the room. It's by the same lady who he, he screams out about the, The number, the same lady who Lloyd is uh, forced to listen to ad nauseum at the bar. He goes up to the room, and bad guy shoots him in the chest. And Harry shoots up right, bam, 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 bam. Harry, you're alive, and you're a horrible shot. They stop the bad (laughs) guy. You find out that that girl was a cop of some sort. Who cares what denomination? And the whole thing has been a sting to try and stop this guy who is a kidnapper. Yeah. And then the very ending of the film, I feel like is great. Honestly,
1: I don't think they need to change anything, really, where you have everybody walking out and everybody's super happy to be alive and safe. And then you have Mary and she opens the door and her husband comes. <laughs> her husband comes out. And I want to say it's probably been, I don't know a little bit longer than me, at least since Michelle's watched this. Yeah. But when she saw this and she she sees the husband get shot, she's like, oh
0: my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's no joke. Oh my God, she doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. <It's> so good. <laughs> One of his famous daydreams.
1: Yeah. So he ends up hallucinating that he kills the husband. That doesn't happen. And that's the end. It shows them walking off because they have no car apparently their fucking scooter took a shit and they're walking on the side of the highway and then you have this like big bus pull up next to them and it's these bikini models and they're like hey we have you know two openings for guys who we want to come oil us up before competitions and we were wondering if you guys would you know be interested and they're like you're in luck there's two guys in the town
0: that way, and then they chase him down. And go, my friend is a little slow. The oh, town's dude. actually that way. And did that's you notice the best that part. when he said, "My friend's a little slow," hairy way? Yeah, <laughs> so good. Two things we didn't talk about. One is pills are good when they kill the guy because oh, that's right. They trick him. So the Mentalo guy, the gas man, is trying to infiltrate them. he They pick him up as a hitchhiker, and they kill him thinking that his pills in his pocket are for his oh, ulcer. Oh, so funny. Pills are good.
1: Pills are good, as they're feeding him rat poison.
0: And literally, <laughs> I have pages and pages of notes, but there's one thing I have to mention for our wrestling fans, because we have some very avid wrestling fans. You gotta acknowledge the fact that Aleister Black's intro nowadays is basically when Lloyd rises up after getting his ass kicked by the kung fu shift. Right? Oh.
1: oh it's so good and then one of the other things that i wanted to talk about that we didn't really fit into it but was when they were in the hotel together or the motel this shady
0: yes like, the hotel ho- the and heart, they're in the hot tub right and was actually heart to heart. how and jeff he- daniels auditioned for the role was that scene
1: oh really oh that's so cool how he talks about how he's really a uh, you know in love with merit was it mary fletcher
0: or something like that frida and- felcher
1: Free of Felcher. And then Lloyd's just like, oh yeah, Felcher. The French um, tickler. <laughs> so little tidbits here and there, but ah, dude, I love this movie so much. I honestly feel like I could probably watch it every single day and I would not get sick of it. It's your
0: desert island movie?
1: With that being said this dethrones anything that we have so far
0: yeah for april fool this is the april fool for sure now yeah true to our word we do have to pair this up with a horror film i have chosen the hitcher from 1986 which of course stars rutger Hauer, who is a fucking g who i have a tattoo for ask me about it i'd love to tell you at length you should definitely check out that film Uh, maybe not the best movie but it does feature the same road trip feeling and and friends and a guy who joins the friends with the intent to kill them.
1: There you go. Why not?
0: So, Brian, is it time to say goodbye to these folks for this week?
1: Yeah, yeah. If you ain't watching them laughing, you ain't really trying.
0: Hey, I like that. My name is Jake. <laughs> reminding you to go out there and do something you love. And remember that all work and no power play, if you're Cam Neely, am I right? Makes Jack in room 217 at the Stanley Hotel. A dull boy. Boom! Customized. <laughs> Now, that was so fun to record, and it was actually pretty enjoyable to edit and listen to. So, yeah, that was probably the most self aggrandizing I felt when I was like, hey, this show is actually palatable. It's a shame that no one listens, and it's probably a shame that of the people who do listen, you Listener, you loyal fan are the only person who listens through to the hidden tracks, which is the same because this week's is a great one. It's from our buds, Grim Earth. They have social media accounts freaking everywhere Grim Earth. Bandcamp, It's Facebook. They have a Metal Music Archives account, a Metal Archives account, and a distribution account. So, I mean, if you want to find them, you'll find them. Now, I know the world is burning down around us, but there are shows that are announced that may still go forward. I mean, if the POTUS is to be believed, by the time this episode is, you know, hitting, the world's going to be open and there's just going to be no more virus because that one pastor guy is going to blow it away. More like blowing seals, Dick Wad. Anyway, they have a show June 12th, at Cryptotropa Bar in Olympia, Washington, a show June 13th, at Highwater Mark Lounge in Portland, Oregon, and then they go back to the Cryptotropa Bar on October the 9th. So be sure to check them out, support them, let them know how you found them, and enjoy Grim Earth with their song, The Haunted. Wait, yeah, it's just haunted. Haunted.